Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Pooba, Senator Pagoda, and Grinder. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some beer, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 50th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We discuss QD's place in the Habanos SA catalog. Senator and Grinder talk about the most challenging beer to brew, and we do a deep dive on modern American beer culture, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Schneider Weitze with the K Dorsey number 54. A Cuban Robusto tonight on the pod from K Dorsey, the number 54, which is a 54 ring gauge by five and three eighths inches cigar. Our second QD on the pod, we did the. Coronas Claro, quite some time ago, I guess, right? Probably episode 15, 20, something like that. I don't remember. Got a great rating. We love that cigar. Uh, so it was time to revisit this line. Um, they have three cigars in regular production, which is the Coronas Claro, the number 50, which is a 50 ring gauge Petit Robusto, and this number 54 uh, Robusto. So great cigars. Um, let's cut this thing, boys. See, we're getting on the, uh, the, the cold jaw and the wrapper. Nice, nice dark wrapper on this. Yeah, so these are from uh, the Partagas Factory Tua, December 20. Good code, good box date on the QD number 54. Good looking cigar. Mm. 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 Immaculate draw. What are you guys getting? Mm. Shortbread? Same. 
cold draw is actually really tasty. It is. Mm. Some dried fruit. A little bit. I feel like this is a very different cigar from the Corona Claro. And we could talk about, you know, I think that kind of stands a little bit outside this one. And this one, I think, is very different than the uh, the number 50 as well. Um, all three in the line. They don't share a ton of DNA for me, anyway. But. Cold draw is very uh, dessert flavor-like to me. Yeah. A little vanilla. Hmm. All right, boys. Let's light this thing. The K Dorsey, number 54. Again, it's a 54 ring gauge Robusto by five and three eighths inches. So, very exciting night tonight. This is, uh, first off, this is num- uh, episode number 50, which I think is a cool milestone. Oh. So, this is the 50th episode that we've recorded. Um, coming up on our one year anniversary in a few weeks. And the other thing that's cool is this is the first time that we are recording outside of Senator's Lounge. We are at our clubhouse we always talk about, 1086, a cigar retailer and lounge, amazing 24-7 lounge, members only, key card access, just I think everything we've been dreaming of for years. Uh, And it finally popped up in our backyard. It's built for lizards. It's built for lizards. So check it out, 1086 Cigars, Hawthorne, New Jersey, the official lizard clubhouse. We're so happy to be here, so thankful to the owner, John, for having us. Um, it's really a great place. We spend a lot of time here, yeah, very, as, as you know. Very friendly environment. Um, very, uh, very, very nice uh, proprietor here. And, and it's a nice, a very, very nice business. Community and, driven. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a golf simulator. Golf simulator. And True. a poker room. True. Yeah. Free espresso. Free espresso, and, free and, water. And, and like 15 TVs. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect for sports. Yeah. It's it's really a dream lounge, and and arguably the best thing is that you know twenty four seven access. Yeah, twenty four seven key card access. You want to come here at three a.m. after you get off a plane at Newark. Yeah, and they're actually open on Sundays. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) (laughs) And and they don't close at five thirty on Saturdays. So that's a plus plus. I'd like to report some shots fired in Hawthorne, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you guys getting on this thing? I think this is uh, off to a delicious start here on the light. Much different than the QD50, right? I think so too. It's got more, uh, more filler, more yeah, more filler, more more flavor. I think this is is, is a little more dessert. It's a little that. more desserty. I think that the 50 is a little more earthy, generally. I um, think the the surprising thing, this was probably my introduction to QD, and I'll credit Grinder because it was at his place that I had the first one of these. And my impression of QD was always that they're milder smokes, that they're kind of made for like the French market and were just supposed to be a milder Cuban. Um, and I remember when Grinder gave me this, I was really shocked how much flavor was in this cigar. And I think, you know, you said, what are you getting right off the bat? And for me, it's like a dance between spice and some sweeter kind of dessert-like flavors, which I really like. Um so it, it opened my eyes to this brand in a way that um, I wasn't before. And I think the Corona's Claros came after that. Love that cigar. So there's, they're, they're shockingly very flavorful sticks. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, uh, Habano's listing this as a value brand. Uh, you know, these cigars, I think, is, is Corona's Claro for me as a, as a Corona stands alone 
Um, it's it's a phenomenal cigar. So it's just interesting that Habanos doesn't um, have more cigars in the line. Like we've talked about on other episodes, Diplomat. You know, there's other uh, other markets. But but do they list it? I don't think they list it as a value brand, more as a portfolio brand. Maybe it is portfolio. Maybe you're You know correct. what I'm saying? It's not a value brand like Quinteros or something. Yeah, no, this is not. Or, I mean, or, or not fact, Quinteros, um, uh, like Cuaba or, or something. This is a luxurious cigar. Yes, it's made for the a certain... A certain smoker with a certain palate, uh, the 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 European market primarily. But um, you know what's interesting? Yeah, you're correct. But what's in, the guess? What brands they call value brands? Because you didn't name a single one of them. Jose uh, Jose La Piedra. Uh, El Rey El Rey de Mundo. Nope. San Luis Rey. Nope. Value brands is listed by Habanos, Bolivar, Punch. Ramon and Trinidad. What? Wow. Well, I don't know what they mean by <laughs> that. I mean, it's yeah, insane. It's insane. Trinidad? Trinidad. Premium, probably. Yeah, but you it? are correct. You are correct placing. Actually, this is placed alongside Coaba, El Rey del Mundo, Fonseca, Juan Lopez, uh, Gloria Cubana. No way. Yeah, really? yeah this is listed along Portfolio brand. Yeah. It's but, not a global, global, global brand because they just don't make as many of them. And they're yeah. not, not, it's not Hoyo Partigas. Yeah. But how, how is a Trinidad a value brand? It yeah, certainly isn't anything. I don't think it's that's like an eight hundred dollar yeah. box of twelve cigars. Yeah. I, 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 I think I <laughs> if think that's the, value. I mean, that's. that's I, I don't think we know their definition of value. Yeah, I, guess yeah, so. I, I don't they, think they, they do either. They may need. To, that's from Cuban Cigar website. It's probably needs to be updated or something. And by the way, when uh, when are our books coming? November. I actually just got an update Goodness. this week that they're on track. They're on time. So. We will have them before the holidays. Can you remind the listener what the book is? Because it yes, is so it's, cool. Uh, okay, so we love and reference anytime that we do a Cuban episode, a few of us or at least a few of us are sitting here on our phone with Cuban website, uh, cubancigarwebsite.com. So it's cubancigarwebsite.com, open on our phones. Uh, and it's just the gospel of Cuban cigar information. Um, everything you need, you'd want to know about sizes, markers, uh, vitolas, every packaging, how to find fakes, um, et cetera. And the curator of the site is a guy named Alexander Groom, and he's putting out a, a really nice hardcover deluxe presentation uh, book called El Habano Moderna, uh, which you can still pre-order on the website, and it will be available. But I uh, highly recommend you check it out, and we've all ordered one. And it comes in November, and I'm really excited about it. And you got two, right? Um, I got I think I did actually. Did you get hardcover, hardcover, and the softcover. No, I th- actually I think I got like a, a limited, limited edition one, yeah. and then I got one that I'm actually gonna kind of. I'll probably I can't keep it remember. Do you remember what we ordered? I do. I know exactly what we ordered. I mean the color. If I got the color, I can't remember if I, I got, ordered I red or red, blue. Red I think I got red. I'll tell yeah, you. Right I got. Now. I got. I know. I got red. I got red. When's the audio version coming I out? I hope I. Got, <laughs> I hope I got red. I also got red. Not not the limited edition one. Not the limited edition one, red though. I hope I got red. I don't Is know it more why than two and blue. I don't know. Somebody ordered blue. I have a couple of guys ordered. Here blue. we go. Senator had the red edition. Bam Bam had a collector's edition like me and a red edition. Puba had a blue. Grinder had a blue, and what? Rooster had a blue. What? Wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, blue is the limited edition one. The limited edition one, I believe, is the blue one. I'm not sure actually. Then, then, then you mistook my order, young man. No, I didn't. This is why Just I'm leave honest. it be. The book is the main thing. <laughs> Busting his balls. I know, but now I'm bummed <laughs> out thinking I got you the wrong one. I don't think I did actually. I, no, I no. Blue is the limited edition one. 
So oh, it is. So maybe that's Puba, why I chose Puba, that. Uh, Puba Grinder and Rooster all got blue. What? You just said I got red. See, you got red. No, you, I, th- I thought you said I got red. I got red for sure. I had a no. strong preference. You just I got said you blue. got blue. This- <laughs> Senator, you got blue. No, he started no. off saying Senator got red. Senator red. Bam Bam red. Grinder, yours Puba, is, yours Rooster is not, blue. Yours is not oh. limited. No, I know. Red one is the regular. So what's the difference? What, what, what makes it limited? You look at both of them. You'll understand why. We it's, mean it's good why I said I want red, and I hope I got red before I realized yeah. I got blue? Yes. God damn you. What do you think about this cigar? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going about what color books we ordered. Oh, that's funny. One of the things that's interesting to me is that this is supposedly for the European market. Yeah. You don't see Europeans smoking 54 ring gauge cigars. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. What's that all about? I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't the only cigar they make. I certainly don't love. So a maybe they, maybe it's a crossover, you know, attempt. You know, it's it, a hybrid. It, it doesn't you know. feel like a fifty-four though. It's a uh, like there. I just uh, honestly, I this cigar is delicious. Don't get me wrong. I don't love fifty-four ring gauge cigars. Anything really over fifty-two, I just. Like this in my hand, it's delicious. Now, I'm not talking about flavor. I just don't love the size of this cigar. I can see that. I mean, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, as long as, it, as long as the taste is there. You know, like I like a connoisseur, yep. and I also like an E2, and those are larger ring gauges. And um, delicious cigars, just, I just, I wish they were a thinner ring gauge. If I could have the same flavor profile, if they could have the same flavor profile and be smaller, I would take that. But obviously, that's not the way that the world is trending as far as. But you know what? I mean, the bigger the ring gauge, the cooler the smoke too. That's true. You know, so that's right. And you look cool too, by the way, because I ordered the blue book. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't reach for this ring gauge like all the time. Um, but but I think that it's got its place. Yeah, I, I think when Puba says it has its place, I think every ring gauge kind of has its place. And for me, the only 54 ring gauge sticks I smoke, the QD54 the and the Partagas E2, that's pretty much it. And I reach for those when I like with a larger ring gauge stick like this, the smoke output is usually really robust. And so when I know I just really kind of want to immerse myself in a cigar with a lot of combustion, that's when I reach for a 54 ring gauge. Um, but it was funny. Rooster said earlier that this stick in particular, he said it doesn't feel like a 54 ring gauge. And I actually tend to agree. I, I can't explain why I feel this way, but a lot of the time when we've reviewed like a new world 54 ring gauge, it's felt like a massive cigar and not all that enjoyable, even in the hand and as you're smoking it. But this cigar, for some reason, it just fits well in my hand. And I, They're pretty comfortable. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a good size. You know, I think yeah. because, like you mentioned, you smoke the E2. The E2 is a little longer. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's maybe, true. So that but maybe, the maybe it is a length yeah. thing. The length, that's a good point. You know? Oh, it's, it is. It's significantly longer. Yeah. 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 So this is, this is a Robusto. Yep. Yeah. A big Robusto. I mean, Robustos are typically like a 50, 50 ring gauge. Yeah. Yeah. 52. Max. Yeah. Can we 50, talk about 52. that for a second? I, I am really thrown off by it. was funny. Grinder said we had a Robusto. I said, there's no way this is a Robusto. It's a 54 ring gauge. But it technically is a Robusto, so it's clearly only measured by the length of it. But that kind of bothers me. I just feel like when I think of a 54 ring gauge, I think of a Toro, right? Yeah. right, Which is this ring gauge, but just longer. 
So I, I almost wish there were more parameters around calling things a Robusto. I mean, like maybe to this compare is, this to a D4 or a RAS is crazy to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's also like the Hermosos size, right. which is slightly smaller than your standard Robusto. And I mean, on any day, most people are thinking that Hermosos is is a Robusto, which is to me is closer to what a Robusto probably should be than what this is. But anyway, this is this is like a Robusto Gordo. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah, that's kind right? of right, yeah. I think you're right. And the different teams would be just half an inch yep. between a Robusto and a Toro. Yeah. So if you get a 54 twice. by 6, it's a Toro. Yeah, true. Are you guys getting fruity? I'm getting a little fruity. I like the cigar. I mean, it's 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 on the mild side, and it's sometimes that's really... It's got some spice. It does. I, I'm not getting any spice at all. Really? Not really? Yet. I, get it, wow. I get it on that's the finish. Yeah. I get more of a baking spice than like a, yeah. than like yeah. a spicy yeah. spice. Yeah. 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 Maybe the, yeah. Not, not, not pepper. Not pepper. Not pepper. All right. Like a nutmeg type spice. I do pepper, find this to be a very pleasant smoke. I think it's the flavor's com- more complex than a lot of more mild... Uh, like the, the Romeo Wide Churchill, I think, was a good example of a cigar that was... So mild, and to me, it was just so blah. Well, the finish is longer in the cigar. Absolutely. You know, the wide Churchill, the finish was just, it, you know, it, it, there's some body to this, I, I would argue. There's more body to this than the, than, than the wide Churchill, um, and I think that's what gives it just a lot more character. I'd also argue that the construction on this is pretty... Yeah, this is fantastic. Spectacular. It's yeah. pretty spectacular, yeah. too. I mean, that's one thing I will give QD's credit for. I, I feel like I haven't seen a poorly constructed QD. I mean, they they charge a premium. Honestly, that's also one of the things that initially deterred me from this brand. I thought they were mild cigars. They're priced higher than most other. I mean, they're more than Partagas. They're, they're even more than some of the like standard production Upmans. I was really confused by that. But the construction is is always just really sharp. Um, I do love their bands. Actually, I think they're really well done. Yeah, love the they're bands. really nice. Love the bands. It's, it's, a, it's a value stick. It's a handsome. <laughs> it's a handsome. Band. The, no, band, the me, bands are great. And, and the more I the more I smoke these, the more I kind of um, fall in love with them and appreciate them a little bit more. Particularly that Corona Claros, and it's just a super duper cigar. Yeah, even but, young, you know, it previewed really really well as a young absolutely. cigar. That cigar, like. I have a handful of them. I'm going to grab some more at some point, but I'm not going to. That cigar is so good, young, that I'm not going to smoke it. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm going to. I think that cigar in four years will be a killer. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be a stunner. That's for the sure. best. That's the best cigar made by Cutie, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean they only make yeah. three cigars. They do make a lot of regional. Yeah, it is regional. funny. Habanos does use Cutie. Actually, I did for an upcoming episode of the pod. I got us. Uh, uh, I got us some Senadoras. Oh, nice. The LCDH, which is a, I guess it's a Corona. I guess I can look here, but. Um, I've heard great things about this. Me too. I've never had it. Great things. I mean, the Senador, it, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why you're saying that. <laughs> which that's a six and a half by 48. So they look great. I actually got them today. So looking forward to doing size. that down the road. You know what's cool about this cigar is, um, so first off, I, I just, I, I like to tell folks about the packaging. So this comes in a uh, semi-boyt nature box of 10 cigars. Also uh, in 25, um, very similar to like a Partagas D4 type setup. Uh, so this cigar was released only five years ago in 2017. So in 2016, 2017, uh, Habanos did a full rebranding of K Dorse, which is why arguably they have one of the most modern 
best looking, most advanced presentation in the band uh, out of all Habanos because they're kind of one of the more uh, recent updates that they've done. It's it's it it's modern, but it looks it looks classic. Still. It does. It still looks iconic, like a classic. You know. Yeah, I but, don't get. But the... it wasn't just the packaging or the label. They canceled. I think they completely redid the whole. It was a full revamp. The whole blend and yeah. everything else. Yeah, they canceled. I'm like the list of cigars that they cut between 2015 and 2017 is pretty extensive. You want to know my favorite part of their band? What's that? This is yeah. one of the only Cuban bands that you can actually peel off without <laughs> yeah. tearing the wrapper of yeah. the cigar. That's true. It's so that's, a, that's true. true. That's it's an a, improvement. It huge, is huge improvement. The band before uh, 2017 was very, very plain, like a like a mustard yellow, yeah, like a subdued yellow. Yeah, very simple, you know. Yeah, but those, um, are, those are also kind of cool. Looking. I know they're so awesome. Actually, <laughs> yeah, they're really awesome, like mustard yellow. Um, you know, I I do want to ask you guys. So, episode thirty, I was putzing around trying to figure out what episode it was. Episode thirty, we did the Coronas Claro. Um, I know we're only about a what three quarters of an inch in, but how would you compare this cigar for listeners who maybe went out and, and grabbed the Coronas Claro or had that? How would you describe the difference in this cigar versus a, a Corona's Claro? Well, there's there's one note that's missing in the QD54, which is very present in the Corona's Claro, and that's the citrus. Citrus. We're not. I'm not getting any citrus out of this. You yep. know, you get a lot of baking spice and stuff, but the Corona's Claro. I mean, that was like a distinct flavor note that you get out of that is citrus. Orange, like especially not lemon, but like orange. Yeah, more like an orange. Orangey, yeah. orangey citrus. Which I will say, I, I actually like that it's not present in this cigar. And I say that because those are the two QDs that I smoke regularly. I have QD50s as well, but I don't I don't smoke them as often. The Coronas Claros, I pretty much exclusively reach for in warm weather. Like it, it's such an amazing like summer, even spring cigar. You get that citrus. You can have it with a beer or like a lighter scotch, a tequila. It's perfect for that. What I like about the 54 is because the flavors are more baking spice and not as citrusy and bright as you get in the QD, uh, the Corona's Claros. I reach for this in all year round in the winter. I smoke these the fall. So I like that I have this is kind of a year-round stick for me, and the Coronas Claros always slots in when the weather's nice and it'd be kind of conducive to being outdoors. Yeah. Have you had uh, Coronas Claro? Uh, I'm trying Grindr? to. I'm trying he to has. Oh, that's right. I, I, I gave him one that, when you had your baby. Yeah, yeah, right after you had your baby. That was yeah. right in your garage. I yeah. smoked it in the garage. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah. It was it was a treat. It was the first cigar I smoked, actually. Yep. After. Oh, wow. Yeah. I find that, and you guys may think that I'm crazy on this, so I'm kind of bringing it up maybe to You're argue crazy. with you a little bit. But to me, like, I don't know how to phrase it properly, so forgive what forgive this, but I almost feel like the Coronas Claro to me is as close to maybe a Cohiba type of thing without the hay or barnyard. Like, it's as close to that where it sits for me in flavor profile uh, it's almost like a poor man's Cohiba as far as Habanos goes, in my eyes. I think it's the closest thing to to a Cohiba, whereas I think this is kind of the love child of Upman and maybe a touch of Partagas. Is that a crazy statement? Yeah. yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah, it's a little it's weird. Well, I, yeah, I'm not drawn. I don't, I don't think Cohibas have that citrus notes 
I don't think any of the Kohiba. No, they also never... don't have barnyard. I mean, hay was hay was right and grass. It's like a grass. Grassy that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 grass. Yeah, get the flavor though. But Kohibas can also have the like a honey flavor to them. Um, I, you know, I, I I don't know if um, it could be a leap. I don't know. I, I guess... say that with peace and love, but maybe no. But I presented it that way. I, I expected. No, that's why I was hesitant I, I guess... even saying it. If I'm trying to, if I'm trying to arrive at the conclusion Giz did, I guess there's some of it I can see in the sense that you get a little of this right now. But when I've had these with even a bit more age, they really get creamier over time. Like you can tell that it's there, and it just with time will be accentuated. When you have these with a little bit of age, they can be super creamy. Where with Cohibas, when you have them young, you're not going to get any of that. I just, I just, but when they age, you will. And I do think some of the like lighter, the, the, like the flavor profile, this is not like in your face. Like that's where I can see that being a little Cohiba like. But I guess I, as I'm saying this, you were saying that the QD Cronus Claros was more Cohiba like. I almost think this may be more Cohiba like. Interesting. I think this is more closer to like a mild Upman, but Upman's got more strength. Yeah. And Upman's deliver more power and more pepper. But Upman has that shortbread thing. Right. They have that shortbread thing. So, I mean, I can I can pull that. I can draw a conclusion and say, because this has some kind of dessert-like flavors and some of those baking spices that an Upman delivers that we all love, yeah. this has a this particular cigar has a little bit of that, but it's like with a twist, with like a, with like a fruit twist. So, like, the Coronas Claris is kind of like an Upman with like a twist, you know, to it, where Upman's delivering almost like, like they get nutty. And they 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 get baking spices, but like with nuts. Where the, this this cigar is like baking spices with an orange. To, to kind of, you know, maybe I'm I'm closer to there. So yeah. I, I'm sorry, you know, I'm out on the Cohiba. Analogy. I think the ba- the, ba- <laughs> the baking spice is the common denominator between the Upman and uh, the K Dorsey, the QD54. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you know. Like Upman and I think I feel like Upman and Trinidad. I mean, uh, Cohiba and Trinidad maybe are closer cousins uh, in terms of flavor profile and some of the cigars. Um, they are cousins, Zach. I mean, they, they do sit on their own little island um, together. The other thing I have to say about this cigar, the construction really is impressive because this has been my experience when I smoke these by myself, and I'm looking at every stick in the room. And everyone's got at least an inch of like white ash perfectly, you know, holding on. And so um, I, I really appreciate the construction of these. Yeah, I agree. I, every, I've never had a QD that has a problem. You know, I only have to touch up when I'm talking and it, you know, I kind of let it go out a little bit, but I'm very rarely having to touch up a cigar. Yeah, you uh, never yeah. get a plugged one either. Yeah. No. The construction is good. It's a high quality smoke. Um, it's some. It leaves me wanting maybe just a little more, you know, a, a little more power. But like, it's but there's enough body there that it's not like the recently reviewed Wide Churchill, where it just it's like God, like you're really leaving this. It's not even close to that. This is head and shoulders, I think, above it. But a, a great, probably morning cigar, you know, for if you if you like the smoke in the morning, maybe. I, I think it's a good morning cigar. It's a light. It's a light cigar, that I think someone was making the analogy of summer. I think it's a perfect summer cigar. The Claros is a great summer cigar. This I think it, this this is is coupled with a a poolside morning smoke, 
very, very adequately. I'll also say this, though. I, I think um, it really depends what box you get of these. And I say that because I've had some. So, I mean, I just happen to pull this box out of my humidor and, you know, took a few. And I know at least, you know, some of us are smoking that. Um, I've had other boxes of these where it's actually been a spicier, more full, and even slightly aggressive cigar. The year, the you know, the crop, whatever the case may be, but it's not been my experience that it is always the case that this cigar, like right now for me, is actually very creamy and I would say firmly medium, and the baking spice is really present. Sometimes it's been more of like a peppery spice I've actually gotten out of this cigar, and it's had more oomph to it. So it's it's for me been a little bit of a mixed bag. You guys want to try our beer? So we got a good beer pairing tonight. Yeah. It's called the Schneider Weiss. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, Schneider Weiss. Okay. It's, a, it's very that was close. You very are? typical German Weizen. So it's I don't know anything about beer, as you know. So this is a, what this can a, you tell us about it? It's a heavy wheat beer. It's a wheat beer. Um very traditional Bavarian beer. They've been making it for hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. Uh Schneider Weiss has been around probably since the fifteen hundreds. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's very typical in Germany for, especially in the, in the Southern States, it's a Bavarian beer. It's a great summer beer. And the thing is it's called a heavy wheat beer, but it's actually very light. It's the, the taste is very light and carbonated and crisp, which is very popular in the summertime in Germany. Um, and I thought it would pair well with the lighter cigar. Um, and there's like notes of banana and, and fruit that, that kind of, I thought kind of would would pair well on the palate with uh with a QD fifty four. It's funny, it does have like a like a bit of a banana bread thing going on. With mm-hmm. the, a little a little like you know, like the it's like the sweetness plus the baking spice type. I like I like the tang. There's like a nice tang. tang of carbonation in in the in the beer that's that's very pleasant. I'll just say this. I I'm I'm not a huge beer guy, but obviously I drink beer every now and then. Um I typically categorically hate Hefeweizen, so I was oh, really nervous about this. No, no, but let's, wait wait till you hear where I'm going. You're going to be very pleased with this. So I usually hate them. And for me, it's because the banana flavor is like so prominent and dominant that it like there's nothing else I can taste. It like just takes over the whole beer. And I love how Puba said it's like a banana bread that you get out of this, like something that's been baked. Usually the banana flavor I get in a Hefeweizen is just like, I just peeled a banana and there it is. Like it's not baked. It's there's nothing about it. There's no complexity. I, this is the first Hefeweizen I've ever had that I would actually drink. Um, it, it's like a a more refined version of what I feel like I've typically had. So I this is more my speed. This is a this is a very typical. The German Hefeweizens are not as banana y and they're typically not filtered. So like I don't know if you saw me pouring the glasses earlier. I was like kind of rolling the glass to get the sediment at the bottom. That is all flavor, and that flavor offsets some of the banana in the in the in the malt. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of Hefeweizen. I've never had Hefeweizen. It's or just, maybe it's I just had wheat but, beer now in German. Doesn't uh, Hefeweizen just mean Hefe is heavy? Weizen is is wheat, wheat. right? Like uh, or Weizen, Weizen, white, white. So the color. I mean, looking around like the glasses, it looks darker than a typical 
wheat beer. It almost looks like a like an iced tea. Or yeah. an apple cider. Or an apple cider or something. Yeah. I love, really, I, I love this beer. It's this really good. Is, it's pairing perfectly with the cigar. And I don't I don't like Havevisens very much. Uh, but this is one that I know it's got a different tang. It's a little it's a little crisp. It doesn't it doesn't overwhelm me with sometimes when you drink that beer, you feel a little heavy. This beer I never felt that way. Well, that's the other thing about this. It, it's not super carbonated. Right. No. This goes down really smooth. I, I would say like it's like a, a light carbonation that's part of this, which I actually think for the cigar pairs really well because for this QD being on the you know milder, creamier side, I, I think it works. Well, yeah, it's pleasant. It's like Guinness has that that minimal carb carbonation. What's the alcohol content in this thing, you think? <sighs> Five four. That's not a lot. Five point four, actually. Nailed it. <laughs> that was awesome. Well done. I like beer. You know, I I wish I could drink more of it. I can't because I have gout. I can't drink, I can't drink as much beer as I as I'd like, or I'm scared to. Um, Guinness, I can somehow get away with, but I, I enjoy beer. I just can't drink it as much as I really like to. I drink a lot of beer during the summer, but you know, now coming into the fall, you know, like this is something like I generally am only going to reach for beer outside of summertime in a situation where I'm trying to pair it with something or I'm having it with a burger or something. Time out. Yeah. You just said you drink a lot of beer in the summer. I've actually never seen you like drink. I've a never beer. seen you drink. a beer. Yeah. Like I, on vacation, I'm I just, by this. vacation is like all I drink. Yeah. The, the Bud Light? It's Coors Light. Oh. I love Coors Light and cans on the beach. The Rocky Mountain High. When those mountains are blue, baby. <laughs> Holy <laughs> I'll moly. tell you what. <laughs> so funny enough, I'm I'm a sucker for the Blue Mountains. You man. know what's you know the there's a the people sh- at least around you know there's where so we are in New Jersey. People shit on <laughs> on like high capacity breweries that are like the mega breweries like a Coors, Miller Coors, but you know all those things. Coors makes one of the best beers on the market that's mass produced, and that is the Coors Banquet beer. Coors, Coors have oh absolutely that Coors that, banquet beer I used to drink all the time. Oh my god, that's so it's so good. Perfect summer summer beer anytime. Any anytime. I always drink Coors. I always drink Coors heavy. Coors banquet is the, the way. Banquet to go. Coors heavy is the one. In the in the in the Coors been the banquet bottle. I you know. Can but, I ask you a question though? I used to, but when I drank beer, I would drink Coors. Can I just ask a quick question on yeah. the branding? Okay, it's twenty twenty two. Why? Who's having banquets? I've always wondered that. Like, why is it still the banquet? I haven't been to a banquet. Because, I can't tell you why is it. Why is it Budweiser? Why is it Miller? Like, because that's tr- that's what it's yeah, always it's, been. It's tradition. It's yeah. like a they've been making story. that beer forever, man. But yeah. I, I just want to pick up on something Grinder just said before. So he said, you know, people obviously shit on the the big breweries, right? You know, AB and Bev, Miller Coors, all those big guys. Um, I've done work in that space, and I will never forget. And I wish that the industry would tell this story more, but I'll never forget asking the head brewmaster at Miller Coors, what is the hardest brew, uh, beer to make that they make? And he didn't even need to think about it. He said, any of our light beers. I'm sitting there saying, you're going to tell me of all the stuff they make that Miller or Coors Light is the hardest thing to make. And he goes, Everyone loves craft beer, and I say I have nothing against craft beer. We incubate craft beer. You know, uh, uh, Blue Moon was incubated out of Miller Coors. That was craft beer, you know, back years ago before there was a brewery on every street corner, it feels like. And he said, when you have those heavier craft beers, 
He said it's impossible for any small brewery to ensure perfect consistency. So one batch you get one week actually may be a little bit different and taste a little bit different from the next batch you get the next, uh, a month later. You would know because it's so heavy in flavor that there's so much going on there, it'd be harder to pick that out. It's with, hard to mask the lighter beer. That's the thing. With light beer, it's so light. He goes, if anything was slightly off in a batch of Coors Light, you would immediately know it. Yep. And he said, go find a single small brewer that makes a light beer. It's non-existent. The only ones who make so light the consistency, beer. So the consistency is 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 key to satisfying the customer base and and it's hard to do in a light beer and just keeping that flavor profile because since the consistency is so difficult the only beers that you can get away with being inconsistent are heavier fuller flavored beers gotcha that's why the only the big guys are able to really make light beer so for me it was just like really illuminating i would have never guessed that. what's your favorite light beer not not like so Coors is technically not a light it's not a light beer right it's Coors light Coors light Coors light yeah I, I like think, I think Ultra. Miller Miller Light is my if I'm one, if I'm going oh, for light beer, Gold would, Tops are a way to yeah, go. Yeah, Miller Light, Miller Light, uh, yeah, it always gets me. Yeah, you I, have, so, I used to do Amstelite. Yeah, Amstel, Amstel. Amstelite's another light. good one. Amstel's too soft for me. It's but got like it's put, got uh, like two percent alcohol. It's kind of you know it's. If you're gonna if you're gonna drink a light beer, may as well get some some body to it. I, and I thought my tolerance a, was getting higher, but now I'm just. <laughs> I used to, when I was drinking. It's beer, not two percent. When I drank a lot of beer, I would I I liked Heineken light. I would drink Heineken light from time to time. Heineken likes a good beer. Yeah. Is it? You know, you're not saying it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it has, if, if you're gonna go that route, may as well just get a Heine, like a you know a tradition. A tradition, yeah. See, you I'm know, a, I'm just a sucker. A... Let me tell you something. I'm just a sucker for a Coors Light in the aluminum can with the lid. I like the screw top on the beach mm-hmm. during the summer. That's mm-hmm. my thing. And that's the so only time much, I really drink so it. So much too. urination. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, you know. He's not my, wrong. At, I know. At, at, I, know he's I not. mean, at my age and given, you know, my physical stature in combination with my whatever, my tolerance. I mean, no joke, dude. I mean, I could I could drink a twelve pack of Coors Light. I feel like operate an eighteen wheeler and you know make a delivery to Walmart. I mean, it, it's it's it, this is fucking. I mean, twelve Coors Light, and then I'd just be they're looking for drivers for like three way. hours. Yeah, like I mean, you know, uh, it just doesn't. It just makes me piss and doesn't. Doesn't deliver. Doesn't deliver the efficacy. I guess. By the way, but, for the listener. So by, I, by the way, for the listener, you've been listening to Rooster open a can of Guinness Zero for about three minutes. Every click is him trying to not I make join noise. In. I want to join the party. <laughs> so the listener hearing that, that's what you're hearing is the, the thing. Takes the thing a lot is, of Coors Light. The, you got to catch a buzz. The I mean. reality is the the calories to alcohol ratio of Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, Bush Light is is the best so you're getting more booze per for each calorie with miller light than you are with like it's it's like on par with like a mixed drink right the only thing that beats it is these like seltzers yeah like high noon or something yeah my wife my wife drinks those yeah so does mine i'm out on seltzers so this is a theme for me this is also why i was surprised by this hefeweizen i don't like 
overly carbonated things. Oh, see, I do. So I'll give you an example. We're talking about, so I'm, I'm with Grinder. He mentioned he likes Miller Lite of light beers. I skew Miller Lite or Coors Light. Miller Lite when I'm looking for a little more flavor, Coors Light when I just want clean, crisp. But what I like about both of those beers relative to Bud Light, Bud Light for me is just so insanely carbonated and metal. I just don't even like the flavor of it very much. Where Miller Coors, uh, sorry, Miller and Coors, the carbonation level is like perfect. Like this Hefeweizen, usually when I have a Hefeweizen, it's heavily, heavily carbonated. And all I'm getting is banana and it's like seltzer, that level of carbonation. And I'm having this and this is like, you know, I love Guinness. Guinness is like mildly carbonated. Yeah. I just don't like a ton of carbonation where I'm feeling so filled up by just having like, you know, one or two beers. I, I, this is more my speed. Seltzer is hard to drink in my oh, opinion. Oh, come on. Because, because it, I, he, I think he's right. I feel the same way. I just never like thought about it that way. It's when you, when you drink, drink, when you drink, when you drink like half a can or a quarter can of seltzer, you're, you're really you're really starting to. How about, he, how about, about a gallon? That's, 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 that's why there's mineral water. But it, it, well, oh, that, yeah, so he's, that, he's, so he's but used also, to it. but but gives. I mean, when you say that's what you drink, it, it's not exactly. So the reason that I I actually love the seltzer that you drink, you always have it on ice. I do. I have never seen you open a can of seltzer or a bottle of seltzer and just drink just out of that. Yeah. You always have it on ice, and so and that I always, ice I always melts. put it with lemon juice too, and lemon juice. Yeah. So you have lemon juice. You have yeah. the ice that melts. So it gets the carbonation to a place that's actually enjoyable. Yeah. That's why I appreciate Hellable. it. But people who just pop open a can of seltzer and drink that without any, it's just too much for me. I, I can't. I can't pop open a can of beer and drink it. I have to put it in a glass, and I have to release some of that carbonation because that's. I think you. I think Senator and I had some of this. You have when you pour a glass of beer, you have to get some of that carbonation out. The whole thing about putting the, the beer on the side of the glass so so it doesn't release the carbonation is fucking bullshit. Because you don't want all that in your belly. Why do you want that in your belly? Then you can't drink more beer. <laughs> I'll say uh, the one thing, uh, you know, because you poured this a few minutes before we hit record, and I feel like that actually helped open it up, get rid of Like, I feel like it's, I'm really enjoying the beer that we're having. And it maybe have helped, you know, it may have been helped by the fact that it sat for a minute before, before I, I also, got into I also, it. You know, I also wasn't shy about letting it, you know, create some foam, some yeah. head. Well, that's the thing. It was funny. I mean, it, Grinder had taught me this because I, I feel like whenever you pour your first few beers, you, you don't want a ton of foam. That's kind of what you're told, right? You, you've pour, you've, you have a bad pour. If you pour the beer and more than half the glass is full of foam, you, you've done something wrong. And I saw Grinder once. We were out somewhere, and I remember he's like pouring it in the. They gave him like a bottle and then the glass, and I'm watching him pour this, and I'm like holy shit, like two thirds of this glass is foam. Like, why would you pour a beer like that? So I'm sitting there laughing, like, what, what are you doing? Like, why is there so much foam there? He's like, no, that's what you want. And I started doing this after Grinder had, had told me this and, and he's right. It really does like open up the beer and release a lot of that carbonation where it's not the feeling of when you crack a Bud Light and it's just so aggressively carbonated and almost like hurts to like drink yeah um it it helps a lot you want it you want a good head on a beer and you also because the head indicates what you know how well the beer was made frankly you can you can pour your Coors Light and immediately get get the head whatever limited head it is and immediately tell that that's a mass-produced beer because of the head yeah you you always want to get a head in life that was great I like (laughs) (laughs) Rooster's words of wisdom (laughs) I can hear Bam Bam going. 
a head go take a, a lot of different things. Uh, anyway, it's a, a head is indicative of you know you can tell. A I lot didn't know. I didn't know that that was a a, a, a symbol of a, a, a well made beer was the head. I had no idea that that was any sort of indication as well, to the quality of it. He is right. It's funny because I remember the first time I was in uh, Belgium, I was in Brussels, and we did this beer tour around the city. And I remember this woman was leading this. And she's telling us everything you need to know about Belgian beer and exactly what Grinder said. She talked about how when you pour a Belgian beer, there's a certain amount of head that you want and expect to be in the glass and that it's actually like a sign of how the beer was made. All news to me at the time. I knew none of this, but um, it's fascinating. What, what about the temperature, the beer that you guys are drinking? Is it well, room, it's right room now, it's, temperature it's, it's not. It's a little colder than room, but it's it's not. So should it's it not be? Super cold. Should it be more like room temperature, be like especially German beer? Uh, no, it, you don't no. want to. I would never like. I don't like drinking warm beer or room temperature beer. I don't think anyone does, um, unless you're English, you know, because cold, yeah, like warm, warm ale. flat. Yeah, warm flat beers is kind of what they're known for. Um, however, when I drink like a Boddington's, right? Or, is that a, is that a stout? Uh, it's a cream ale. Okay. Um, yeah, they call it a brown ale. That's brown ale. Yeah. So it's typically great. those stouts. I don't and think it's porters. a brown ale. It's not a brown no? ale. It's a. I think it's. Well, we'll find out. Some some listeners going to tell me I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but, oh, no, sorry, I'm. I, I miss it. Uh, mix it up with Nuki Brown. Sorry, Newcastle Brown ale. No, so yeah. uh, I don't know what I was saying. But you know, we're it, talking about the porters or stouts, or you know, like darker that, beers. Should they be more consumed well, at room temperature? I don't think no, you should no, consume no, any beer at room temperature. No, but Guinness Stout should be served at like thirty-eight degrees, which is a little bit warmer than like what you'd want to serve an ice cold Budweiser mm. at in a glass. When you, I, I, you know, so they do. I do. Some Irish pubs really monitor the temperature of the guinness yeah when you have when the when the beer is too cold you're not going to get as much of a head mm. when the beer is too warm it just tastes like trash no but there's bitter beer in england and you know um i mean that is served warm at room temperature interesting it depends um that just you know, sounds gross to me but you know i've just never had they're it, very so. they're very tasty inside just, good. if you don't like a lot of carbonation yeah i think you'll prefer those beers is he's right there's not as much carbonation you'll appreciate it and that's why guinness is served at 38 is is to minimize the carbonation it will it will get too carbonated at a colder temperature it needs to be served i mean that's what they say. So and they let it settle, right? Guinness, if you really think about it, they'll pour about half to three quarters. They let it settle for a bit. They get rid of all the carbonation, right? Like when it comes, it's and then they pour the balance of it as yeah, well. Yeah, you got to pour one. Grinder, you'll appreciate this. Uh, I was telling Senator actually, I saw my parents uh, a couple weekends ago. They had like their end of summer thing that they always do. And uh, my dad has a kegerator. It's just a fridge, you know, with a tap on it. Mm -hmm. And he had Yangling in there. Oh. And Yangling off of that tap, it was perfect. It was. It was like. Oh, it's good. It's like, it was, it was, you guys, know, it was heaven. Beautiful. Yeah. I love kegerator. Okay. So back in my beer drinking days, uh, when I was single, I had a kegerator in the fucking 
living room next to the bar at my that's so I had awesome. a bar at a that's bar awesome. at a, I had like a bar that fit four people and then next right in there we had this I had a beverage air kegerator and I'd get a quarter keg of yingling sometimes uh or you know what what are those cylinders they have I don't mm-hmm. know if that's yeah. a quarter keg or if that's even an but eighth, it's like maybe. a cylinder an eighth. Yeah, eighth or an eighth yeah, yeah you know I get that sometimes at yeah. the liquor store I'd put that on um, and people love that. I mean, you know, you get a, get one of those. Uh, it's a little yingling, Ying, yingling uh, on to tap. Me. It was f- fucking fantastic. Yeah. So Giz- Gizmo and I are both uh, Pennsylvania boys, Nepa, Nepa, yep. Nepa boys, and yingling to me. Here we go. It's a it's a big it's a big guys. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Nostal- <laughs> nostalgia, nostalgia element because it like, really is. I mean, I remember drinking yingling in the woods. That's yep. what you do up yeah. there. I mean, you drink yingling in the, the woods. That when was you're, the one. When you're 18 in high school, you'd 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 pile into your buddy's jeep and you'd go yeah. into the woods and you'd do a, a fucking keg race between yeah. the juniors and the seniors. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's what amazing. I loved too? What we would do, and it was uh, so cheap. It was. <laughs> Remember those old like in the bet that they're, they're the tiny beer glasses. They're like um, uh, they have a narrow bottom and then they flute yeah. out yeah. at the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they're small. Maybe they're eight ounce glasses. I don't know. They're they're small glasses, but they were great. Oh yeah. And we found these glass. So I get these glasses, and I go because we would sit next to the keg, and the beer would never yeah. change temperature. And we'd sit next to the keg, and we'd just be watching the game. You go, and you just you just tie. You could just continually top <laughs> off your beer in these little cups. Keep it fresh in these little glasses. Yep. Oh, so and wonderful. One of the th- that's that's a, you go into like a class. You go into like a different dimension. That's, that's a, where I was the last couple weekends ago, man. It was amazing. That's a that's a great point because in um in Cologne, in Cologne, there's a the the beer they drink in Cologne is distinctly from Cologne. It's called Kolsch. Now, when they serve you Kolsch, it literally comes in this little small glass that you could you could shoot it. Like it's it's so small, it's probably I don't know, eight ounces, maybe less, six to eight ounces. Yeah, like if this cup was like three gulps. If you yeah. Look, 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 yep. Like that. It's and gone. the reason, and and they and they they have these like you know Turkish waiters coming in with these these big things called kranzes, and they they hold like fifty different glasses, and they don't even ask you. Like if you if you drink it, they they fill you another beer. They they pop out the glass and put you a new one in. And the glasses, the reason why is because in Cologne. Contrary to drinking Hefeweizen, which is big and heavy and it gets warm and it and you know people don't like it in Cologne, they always want their their beer cold, and they always want it fresh. Right. So the best way to do that is to have small glasses and drink it in increments. And you know that's just there's there's something to be said about that. There is, beer. and this was done back in the day, not by any design. We stumbled upon this just on our own. Like I got these glasses, and I'm like, I remember these retro glasses, you know, like. And I'm just like, I'm going to buy some. Yeah. And then we were like, we just discovered on our own, like, this is amazing. Yeah. You can just keep filling up our you're, glass. You're a real culinary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not out of any level of sophistication. We just, or, or whatever, or knowledge. It wasn't, we just did it. I remember I was at a, a brewery in, in Cologne with my wife. I took her to Cologne for the first time. And I spent a lot of time working in Cologne previously. Um, and we're at a brewery. Um, where were we? Fru, the name of the brewery is Fru. It's right next to the Kölner Dome. It's a very iconic brewery. And my wife is is she I get a glass I get a glass of beer 
I drink it in two gulps and the guy immediately comes up. She says, what the fuck? What just happened? Like, you just like, you just got another beer. And he's like, yeah, they, they know, they know they want to keep it fresh and they just keep pouring these beers. And it's, it's wow. literally, it's, it's a different lifestyle over there. Like there's a German beer, like lifestyle. And it's not about getting drunk. It's like at the end of the day, you work hard, you have a beer. Everyone has a beer at the end of the day. Dude, that is so funny because going back briefly to my dad. So my dad is like the opposite of me. Like he doesn't get hot. He doesn't raise his voice to the point that people that work for him call him robot. So, so he's not like you. No. No, that's what I'm saying. He's very different than me. He doesn't they, get they hot. They call him robot Robot Gizmo Sr. That's what they call him. Okay. Robot, no, robot no, Gizmo Sr. And... uh I remember distinctly as a kid, one of the only time that he ever got hot ever was when my, my brother or I were bothering our mom for whatever reason. That's one. The other time was when he would come home from work after a crazy day and he'd go back to his kegerator and he'd go to hit it and the keg would be kicked. <laughs> and that was that was like that was like coming home after a hard day of work. All he's all been he, thinking about all, all he day. Wants is a cold he beer. wants his Yangling, <laughs> or before that, it was Lowenbrau from Germany. Uh, uh, he would always want his beer, and when it would be kicked, it would totally ruin. Well, his that's day. a perfectly good excuse Absolutely. to take out any frustration that you have <laughs> on your loved ones. I mean, what the fuck? You know, it's funny you're saying that because that's that's the one memory that I would that I distinctly remember of him getting upset was when his keg would be kicked. I remember, look, as a man, you you know, you come home and it's like, you you know, you put you try to tell your kids to do something, you know, you know, here's your chores list or whatever, and then they go, "Do you have a chores list?" And it's like, (laughs) it's like, do you go to fucking do you go to sleep at night warm and not hungry? That's my chore. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 you know, like, of course, you come in. The man comes home. He wants a beer, cold beer. Everybody's fed. Their bellies are full. Yeah. The bills are chaos in the house. He all he wants is a fucking beer. I I remember when my when my at the time girlfriend, now my wife, we first moved in together. And I, at the end of the day, hard day, I would have a beer or two. I wouldn't get hammered. I just have a beer or two, and. It's not like I'm drinking heavy beer. It's just that's what I did. And she said, "You drink. You you're drinking a lot. Like, what's going on? Are you in, like, do you have a problem?" And I'm like, "I'm having I'm having a beer or two at the end of the day. This is what I do. And I'm not like, you know, this is this is part of the culture where I grew up in. It's different from where you grew up in. This is kind of what we. This is what I look forward to, and I enjoy it. It makes me happy. Um, and there's something, you know, I, you, we hard days work." The Germans got it right. Just have a good beer. So I want to come back to beer in a second. We're a little over halfway uh, on the cutie number 54. What are you guys thinking about this thing as it comes down to the uh, the last third here? I'm loving it. I'm very happy. Yeah, it hasn't really, really changed much. It hasn't changed at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting the same flavor notes as the beginning. Yeah. It's really delicious. Which I'm happy about. I mean, for me, yeah. it's just as good in the second half as it was in the first half. And I just really always, I, I feel like Bam sitting here holding the cigar, yeah. just staring at it. But um, the construction, it really counts for a lot. I This stick in particular, I just, when you get a white ash on a cigar, you're always kind of drawn to it. And um, it's just a per- razor sharp burn. I, I love I love a lot about this cigar. You know, quick question or quick comment on, on construction and, and the build of these. 
I find that these cigars almost more consistently than Partagas themselves. Because even D4s, a lot of D4s are made in provincial uh, factories around Cuba. Most of the time I've found in boxes that I've seen for sale or that I've gotten, most of them are Partagas factory codes. And this is going back almost since they released these. I first started seeing them with the 18 code, even though it was released in 17. You know how Cuba is. They release a 2020 Limitada. It comes out in 21 or 22, whatever. Um, I always see these with Partagas codes. Always. To your point, every QD box I've ever bought has been a Partagas code. And I can't say that about Partagas. It's true. You right. know, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. It's just the number of boxes of QDs that are produced yeah. as opposed to Partagas. That's that true. They have a to, lot. No, you're yeah, they totally. Have to I mean, outsource D4 is a, Partagas to be rolled in other factories. Yeah. Right? Like the I mean, Corona we, Claros is like really just rolled in one factory. And it's like maybe produced like once or twice a year, I think. Partagas needs one factory just for the just for Partagas the, we just, buy. Just, they need just, for the, just, just for the D4. <laughs> <laughs> they need a separate uh, factory just for the D4s. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a super it's 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 a pretty for what it represents and like what it is. I I really like it. Yeah. I, what, what's the price point on this? Like right now, I, yeah. The, right now, these are right, hovering right above twenty. You're probably you know if you're buying a single on a web, you're probably in the twenty four twenty six range of box. You're probably paying. Between twenty and twenty two. What, what did we pay in December for this these boxes? Oh, they were like significantly 16? less. Yeah, sixteen bucks, fifteen bucks a stick. I mean, they're a little it's a little at this point where I'm at the cigar. It's I don't know what, what year these are, but it's a little fresh tasting down the stretch here. That's my only criticism. I like ammonia or no, not like ammonia, just not not developed. Just fresh, not yeah. developed. Um no, no ammonia specifically, but that would be my only criticism, but I have no idea what year these are. I think they're twenties, late twenty, late yeah. 20. Partagas, December twenty, yeah. Um, so going back to beer for a second, you know, again, as, as somebody that's not a beer connoisseur, or a beer lover, consumer, I do find it really interesting how um, craft beer making has become such a big hobby in the states. I mean, I know several folks in my small circle of friends on Facebook or people that I know that are really passionate, not just about buying craft beer, going to breweries and having a, an experience, even they take their kids, you know, they have kids, kids experiences at these breweries outside. So the parents could have a nice afternoon. I'm, I'm that, I'm that typical millennial that brings their, their baby to, to breweries and yeah. sits there with the, with the, with the stroller and awesome. just slams beers and eats pretzels and stuff. They That's, have music and food and, and has been to like five breweries already. That's awesome. Yeah. So See, it, I think that sounds fun. I, it's I, awesome. I, you know, I don't, um, I'm not a millennial. I, um, I'm all, but I, I don't, dr I can't really drink as much beer as I'd really like to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I drink alcohol, <clears throat> scotch and whatever, everything else. Um, tequila, <laughs> gin, <laughs> vodka. Um, uh, but I really enjoy beer, like, like with a, like a Bavarian pretzel. Oh, there's nothing know? like a beer or and a like, pretzel. You know, a beer and a pretzel or a beer, all these different beers and to try them. I mean, it, it's, it really is a lot of fun because there was like a time in my life where I used to drink a lot of different beers. You know, back in like the 90s, um, Sierra Nevada, uh, yep. like the IPA yep. came out. Yep. And boy, that was great. And the Sierra Nevada Christmas Ale. Yeah, oh, that's still man. great. Yeah. Is that still great? Yeah. Uh, they would have the, that Christmas Ale and it would come out and I'd go, oh, I can't wait. That was so good, you know. 
and I would buy these six packs and uh I remember they were they, they were like expensive, you know, yeah. for me at the time. And um they were wonderful, you know, and I loved these things. Mm-hmm. I just um I wish I could drink it more because it really is a lot of fun. I love I love a good Christmas ale. Anchor Steam makes a really good Christmas. Oh, Anchor Steam, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. That's from from San Fran, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they changed they changed the the logo every year, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I had one of those. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Anchor Steam because that came out right around when Sierra Nevada was coming on, and and Sam Adams was putting out a product at the time. They would do these mixed things. Where they'd have a variety pack. I, oh, I don't yeah, know how yeah. good Sam Adams is now, but I mean they were really good. Like you'd get these, you know, and it was just fun. You know, you just try all these different beers. It was like all these endless possibilities. But, but think about like this is something that in America, the like for example, the Germans are envious of the Americans in our creativity with beer because we create so many different flavors. We do all this stuff. Germans don't do that because of the Reinheitsgebot. They literally have a law that's been around forever that says you can only make beer with these four ingredients. Four, like, what is it? Hops, barley, water, and yeast, yeah. right? That's literally the only ingredients. And then the, there's differences in how you've, you know, fermented. Is it top fermented, bottom fermented? Is it a lager? Is it, is it, a, is it an ale? Whatever. But, you know, it's just, it's, they, a lot of German beers, if you go from city to city to city, if you're in Cologne, Kolsch has a very distinct taste. If you're in Dusseldorf, Altbier has a very distinct taste. If you're mm. in Bavaria, it has a, a, also a distinct taste. But the very typical Pilsner, German Pilsner, yeah. that's ubiquitous, like a like a Bitburger, like a Veltins, like a Rotterburger, they all oh, they they kind of taste similar. And they're right. and there's very, it's very standard. It's very, you know, straight line. When over here, we have so many different flavors, the IPA thing. Um, and there's so much creativity with what they're putting in beers. Now you look at like Allagash, the amount of flavor in an Allagash white still astounds me to this day. It's awesome. It's so good. When and, you say uh, that, it's just a complex, it's just complex. Well, they put, they put in these like different spices into mm. it and it really comes, it really blends perfectly. All kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, Allagash makes a, a Belgian style triple. They, they have that, that Allagash so Curo. It's like in yeah. uh, like bourbon barrel. I mean, the innovation yeah. to your point is off the charts. Yeah, yeah, there's so much. There's so much. Almost there's that you can do with beer and brewing. Yeah, it's almost like the taste, the flavor profiles are like endless. So like, um, a friend of mine opened a brewery um, over in uh, in Westwood. Uh, of the five, let's give him a plug five times. Um, over in Westwood, my friend uh, Chris. He he opened he opened up this brewery and he's doing his thing over there and you have Defiant up in Rockland County and they're well very well established and that place their, is great and they're great yeah that's, that's one of the places I've taken what wonderful people there too <laughs> and wonderful the the proprietor's a wonderful guy and and and, and they you know and they have some regional distribution actually at Defiant yep um so which is really cool and and uh, I really just wish I could drink more of it from time to time because I think you know. Um, it's fun, you know, it is fun. It's fun. It's fun going. Like we went, I went on a ski trip up to Vermont and one of the things that we were all keen on doing was not just skiing, but going to different breweries and, and, and there's certain beers that like when you go to a brewery, you can only get by going to the brewery. That's when you get really excited. Like there's still one of the best beers I've ever had was when I went to the Allagash brewery 
and had what they called was like a table beer. They called it table beer. They just made it. They're like, we're not really sure what we're doing, but we'll call it table beer. It's very simple. It's a lager. It's 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 not dark. It's not light. It's just very. It was it was delicious. But you cannot. I don't even know. Think they make it. It was just like a special run, uh, which is really cool because they get creative. They get brewmasters that have right. different batches. When we were in uh, at Defiant, there was a there was a beer that they blended with different spring spices and they made it a spring beer and they don't make it anymore they don't even know if they have the 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 formula anymore they're like we we made it a couple months ago we're not really sure what the formula is it kind of just happened and it's really good you should try it really good that's a really that they're really nice up there you know it's 20 years now they've been in business which i can't believe um nice brewery yeah they have a lot of a lot of fun games in the in the in the in there as well yeah yeah, yeah. I just see. I'm telling you, I constantly over the any weekend, it's either I'm seeing like a lot of folks going to breweries, like you said, taking the kids. They have kids' activities, music, food, etc. Or it's or it's folks who are brewing at home and are just really passionate about making these beers and and sharing them with their friends. I just think it's totally it's, fun. I think it's, it's so, so cool, cool that it's we're totally we're we're developing our own American flavor for the for the beer garden. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's fun. You know what what also is really cool is like. I mean, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, and there's so many breweries now that are making non-alcoholic beers. Right. Yeah, and it's amazing, like the how many different kinds of non-alcoholic beers that you can get. You can get IPAs, you can get stouts, you can get porters, you can get lagers. I'm drinking a Guinness Zero right now. I mean, it's a delicious beer if you don't, you know, want the alcohol. You yeah. go to Total Wine, and they have literally have like. I would say maybe like 40 different varieties wow. of non-alcoholic. That, I thought you were going to say right? 10. I yeah. thought no, you were going to say I'm, 10. I swear to you, they have like at least 40 different varieties. Wow. And remember, it's exploded. I mean, and this yeah, is all amazing. recent, what Rooster was talking about. I mean, you think about this year, Guinness came out with Guinness Zero. Yeah. You think about within just the last couple of years, Heineken Zero, they came out with no, like every major yeah. brewery now I mean, is coming out with like a no Remember when product. only non-alcoholic beer that you could buy Odoos. was Odoos. 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 That was it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, now like Coors has one, Heineken, uh, Beck's. I love the Beck's non-alcoholic. That's super. Guinness, Klaus Thaler, uh, Bitburger has one. Does Brooklyn make? Does Brooklyn, Brooklyn? Brooklyn has like four different kinds. Wow. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a fun brewery if you've ever been to the Brooklyn Brewery. That's I've never cool. been there. I mean, I know a guy who goes when they do special releases and almost like you used to have to do when you get concert tickets, like, He'll go the night before and put up a tent and sleep outside to be early in line to get access to these crazy beers that they make. It's pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Anyway, I, I mean, I, I just find the whole beer thing, especially the home brew, the, the micro brew, the, the, the regional breweries we're talking about, the success that they're able to have, the businesses they're making. And it, it's a very community. It's, it's, it's finding a way into the culture of, you know, American drinking. Which I think is pretty cool. I think it's always been there. It's just it's we're just people are getting more creative. You know, people Americans have always been. Drinking but I haven't. Beer. I haven't <laughs> the states loosened. Haven't some states like really loosened the laws on? I, I think they've purposely loosened laws on on making beer and distributing. I think it's a little bit easier to do that now. Um, at least hard. here in Jersey, it, it's hard. It's hard. My, yeah. my my buddy who just opened that the place I was talking about, uh, they had to go through a lot. 
there are a lot of rules. A lot of rules in New Jersey. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're gonna. It's you it's a lot of food. There's, yeah. there's a lot of regulation. No, you no. They prohibited from him from serving food. Oh, really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They prohibited him from for serving food. Their licenses for that. So they. Or, yeah. So it's it was uh, not an easy path. It's not. I don't think opening. I think New Jersey's an outlier. Opening any type of business that serves food, beverages, alcohol. Uh, there's just a lot of re- it's it's heavily regulated yeah. to a point where and, and not necessarily by the state as much as it is by the municipality and the local governments. Really have there's a lot of. Um, <laughs> uh inside baseball let's just say got it uh, you know it. in terms of who on the town council has a relationship with another guy who's got a bar in town and somebody else wants to open a brewery in town well well that's going to create competition for the guy his who's his who they're friends with and you know and you've got one road and only so many liquor licenses and so only so many you know the whole way the liquor licenses it's a whole separate well, conversation in new jersey it's crazy in yeah. new jersey it's crazy the whole way you, you know with the fact that you can own a liquor license and it's you buy it for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then you sell the license like the license is a thing it's an asset this is asset. complete yeah. bullshit it's ridiculous nobody else operates this way you know you go and open up a bar and restaurant in uh, uh, florida you apply for it as long as it's zoned for it or whatever you pay your five ten thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars and that's you get your license this is insanity yeah. They have licenses for just serving packaged goods. They have licenses for serving over the bar and packaged goods. They have licenses, and then you hold these licenses, and they hold them like, you know, people buy them and then actually just sit on them. So for up the road here, um, uh, right in uh, uh, Wyckoff, New Jersey, you've had the you had the Wyckoff Bar and Grill. Guess what? That license was bought. That piece of property right in the center of Wyckoff there across from the I place has been sitting there for 10 years empty. Wow. Because there's someone just bought the liquor license. They sit on it and that's it. And so there's no liquor license. They're, they're not issuing anymore in the town because the yeah. town only wants so many bars and that's it. And they sit on it and it's like, it's an investment. Like they're sitting on a piece of real estate, but it's a piece of paper. Crazy. This is like, you know, so that's to me, this is lunacy. But that's the state of New Jersey. It's 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 a little bit crazy, Absolutely. and it makes it very hard for people. It makes it very hard for restaurateurs to open up a restaurant and make money because you got to make money on the alcohol, the margin, and so you got all these BYOB places. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. And there's only so many rest- good restaurants that you can go to and order a cocktail because guess what? Not everybody wants to go to a restaurant and bring a bottle. They want to. They want to get a cocktail served to them, and uh, it makes it difficult for New Jersey business owners. It really entrepreneurs. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's so, my so that's my TED talk on this thing. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry, but I no, mean, it's you know, true. It's You're truth. right. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. How yeah, they do some it. some New Jersey restaurants are actually allowing you to serve, I think, wine that's produced in in New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. So you can have sangria. Senator wine loves and stuff, right? wine produced in New Jersey. <laughs> Don't Big Tom's River wine started. guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The middle that, of grapes. That should be banned. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are you saying? The soil here isn't terroir. It's too much infested with the the swamp and the New Jersey turnpikes not conducive to growing grapes. We do grow pine pine barrens. We are the garden state, and we do grow tomatoes and corn. That's outstanding. Oh, delicious! True, delicious. Jersey tomatoes. All right, boys. uh, We're coming to the end here of the cigar, but first, let's um, let's give this. Let me pronounce it right. Schneider Weisse. Weisse. That's good. Am I doing all right? Sure. Let's do the uh, formal liquor rating on this thing. You guys ready to do that? All right. Pooba, you're up. I'm up. Okay. Um, I don't have anything to really compare it to because I'm not a huge beer guy. Uh, and I don't drink a lot of this German beer. I mean, I like I liked it a lot. I mean, I guess I'll just I'll give it an eight or something. I mean, <laughs> I, it's kind of just shooting in the dark. I don't have much to compare it to. I'm just shooting in the dark. I mean, uh, I haven't had one of what's one of these Libra Vices before. Libra Vices, whatever it's called. Is that an astrological beer? I, I don't know, but it, I mean, it tasted real good. I, you know, I had half a glass. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I really like it. I just can't drink enough of it to really appreciate it. But to me, I don't know. An eight. You're there crazy. You what a ridiculous rating. Yeah, is it a ridiculous rating? It's totally ridiculous. I mean, you want to hear my rating? Yes. It's an eight. Oh. <laughs> Pagoda. What do you got? It's a nine for me. All right. Uh, it's, a, it's an eight for me as well. I'm going to give it an eight as well. Composite Lizard score, boys, is an 8.2. Hey, can I rate my uh, Guinness? Yeah. yeah. 10? Guinness no. zero. <laughs> zero? zero. No. No. It's a 0.0. Zero. <laughs> <point> zero. <laughs> All right, boys. We're coming to the end of the QD number 54. What are you guys thinking as we come to the end of this thing before we rate it? Still strong. Not strong in flavor, but it's it's performing strongly. I am tasting. I I do agree with Poob a little bit. I'm tasting a little bit of the youth now. Getting a little bit of a blast of youth. So I'll say this. I get the exact same, but given how easygoing this cigar is all the way through, I actually like that it shows a little bit of youth at the end because it starts to pick up a little bit in a way that I'm, I'm waiting for the whole cigar. So I actually don't mind it, even though I know obviously it will benefit from age. Yeah, yeah. It, it it has picked up in strength. A it has. Bit. It yeah. has a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's medium full now. Yeah, it, it it's picked up in strength in that kind of way. A fresher cigar picks up in strength. Right. Uh, but not in an unpleasant way. Yeah. It's just right. there. Nothing, you know, nothing bad. Like you don't taste bad. any ammonia or anything like no. that. But no. Yeah. You guys ready to do the uh, formal lizard rating on this thing? Sure. Let's do it. All right, Rooster, you're up. So for me, it's uh, it's an eight. Okay. Yeah, same here. All right. This is easy. Also an eight. All right. Pagoda. Seven for me. Okay. I'm an eight. Eight. I am also an eight. So, boys, the composite lizard score is a 7.8. Yeah, not enough strength for Pagoda. He's yeah. always going to knock yeah. it down a point if it doesn't have. He want, <laughs> And also, after him playing golf today, he wants a nick kick in his in his tuchus. No, none of that. I, you, you, know, you know, he needs a lift. And it didn't give it to him clearly, so he knocks it down a peg. I'm kidding, he no, was no, ready sure. to give up. But after you know what it thing. is? Is that there's so many Cuban cigars of, and as you know, like I've really just got into Cuban cigars within the year. Um, what I find is there's so many other Cuban cigars where it starts over the Cuban twang. There's something um, which is very pleasant about it when it begins. This is really good. Don't get me wrong. I I just thought it was very monotone. Uh, throughout and yeah it did pick up a little bit on strength um, and you know for me it didn't really 
get me very excited. And I think eight is a very, very strong score. I think seven's just right from my perspective. Yeah, it's you bring up an interesting point. Now, when you put it on your on your mouth, it doesn't give you that salt, mm. that salty, minerally uh, 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 presentation that a partigas would give you, or a bolivar would give you. And where you, you lower you know, those salt. are so pleasant. Those, those are so pleasant. And even in those, we've rated so many, and I've rated so many as eights. Um, so you know, for me, like. I need that extra oomph, and so you Pagoda know. loves the eight nine eight. By the way, I love eight he nine does. eight. <laughs> we all do. You know, there's a Davidoff eight nine eight. I did not know that. Something in current production. Something yeah, there's new. a punch eight nine eight too. Something new. Oh no, sorry. It's, it's, it's just a, the box. It's, a, it's just the. I'm sorry. It's a Ashton. Ashton. Yeah. It's oh, by the way, nine. In that case, eight, never dash, mind. Nine, dash, eight. <laughs> well, right, but it's eight on top, then nine, and then eight. Yeah. By the way, one of the guys from our foursome was smoking Ashton's today, and yeah. he presents. He intends on presenting it to Senator soon. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell was this? He just he just got a box of Ashton. He owns a couple of restaurants in the city. Oh boy! Let oh us know, boy. Senator. Let us know how it is. And I did oh say I said boy. Senator's going to love it because. <laughs> That's one of his favorite. No, you know. <laughs> if it's the VSG. No, it's I mean. not the VSG. I told him that. I said VSG is the only decent. We're gonna Ashton do the uh we're gonna do like the VSG soon. Worthy of a smoke. I think I'm gonna be you know. donating a box of cigars to a charity auction pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do a VSG soon from Ashton. We'll see how that is. But all right, boys. Uh great night. A good good deep dive on beer that certainly I'm I'm I learned a lot tonight. Uh, an eight point two on the Schneider Weisse. And uh, sorry, I can't pronounce that, but I'll get it right by the time I record the intro. And a 7.8 on the QD number 54. Uh, great night. Again, thanks to uh, the proprietor John, 1086 Cigars in Hawthorne, our clubhouse. We love it. Um, if you're in the area, support it uh, and tell them that the lizard sent you. And uh, awesome, guys. We'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>